On an opening day of college basketball that projected to be mostly a snooze fest, uh, apparently Michigan State didn't get the memo that they still had to show up and play a basketball game. Yikes. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us on Locked On College Basketball, the only daily national college hoop show out there to get the very best college basketball content every single day. Come join our Discord. I know college basketball is getting going, and you're probably looking for people to talk hoops with. We have a great community of folks talking about it all the time. The link to that is in the show notes on video and audio. Come find us. We'd love to have you. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Uh, you everydayers want to welcome you in. As always, if you're a guest or you're new to the show because you're checking it out for the first time at the beginning of the season. What's up? So glad you're here. What's pretty cool about today's show is today marks one year that Locked On College Basketball has existed. Andy and I started this show for the Locked On Network on the first day of the 2022-23 college basketball season. And here we are kicking off year two together. So glad that you're here to help us do it. Um, Can't wait to see how it continues to roll. Um, and so thankful to Andy for his partnership. Love getting to do this together. Undefeated watch. Love keeping tabs on how many undefeated teams are left in college basketball. You might recall there are 362 total this season in Division One. So that's what we started Monday with. And as of this point, I stayed up till the bitter end of Monday night's games, or I guess now it's very Tuesday morning. Uh, that's right. I wanted to do that so I could record this for you after all 100 however many games involving a D1 team had finished. And after all of that is over, here's your update. There are now no longer 362 undefeated teams. There are now only 248 undefeated teams left in Division One. So knocking off 114 teams on Monday. We'll be right back to it on Tuesday, and then we'll be back with you. Well, uh, yeah, it was a rough night for the Big Ten in some regards, chiefly uh, because Michigan State, yikes, but also Rutgers falls. The Big Ten lost two games on Monday. Let's start, though, with that that key game. We, we thought that, you know, it was going to be USC and Kansas State as the marquee game of, of Tuesday. It, it certainly was on paper and in terms of highly rankedness. And we'll get to that game in a little bit because it just, didn't turn out to be a, a really dynamic, close game. Um, but there's lots to talk about from it. However, Michigan State, that is the big storyline of day one of the college basketball season. They lose the fourth-ranked Spartans due to James Madison, 79-76 to 76 in overtime. Let me say this right out of the gate, because we, we got to make sure to say, like I think a lot of times you'll see a non-Power 6 conference team be like, oh, what are they doing losing to them? Listen. James Madison is projected to win the Sunbelt Conference this year. They are a very good basketball team. All the same, Michigan State has zero business losing to them. Michigan State led by four with like 90 seconds left, um, but JMU was able to get it to overtime. And a lot of times you figure, hey, th this game's at home. It's in East Lansing. Michigan State's going to pull it out in overtime. They didn't. 
Raekwon Horton's three was the dagger with like eight seconds left. And just unbelievable. I didn't think it was happening. I already had in my show notes, like Michigan State just barely holds on. But they did not. It's always crazy to me to look at Ken Palm numbers this time of year. James Madison jumps from 136 to 101 at Ken Palm. Sparty drops from 13 down to 24. So wild stuff there. Here's the thing for Michigan State. Tyson Walker dropped 35 of their 76 points. That's a great scoring output. And in fact, he did that without making a single three. But it can't be just him. It can't be just that one person doing it. In fact, the only other person for Michigan State that had double-digit scoring was freshman Cohen Carr. The Spartans aren't going to be able to survive that way. They've got to be able to spread it out more and rely on more people to score. It's just not going to be able to cut it that way. And so if Michigan State is going to be what a lot of people think they can be, there's got to be a better distribution of scoring output. Just plain and simple. That's all there is to it. Um, part of that is they got to shoot better. Michigan State was one of 20 from three. They're not going to do that every night. But still, the fact that they did that on one night is, is not great. And in fact, it wasn't just from beyond the arc. 36% overall for Michigan State in this game. But here's the wild thing. It's not like James Madison set the world on fire. They themselves only sh- shot 36.8% from the field, less than a percentage point better than Michigan State. So you, you should think Sparty could overcome that, right? But no, they do not. This is the first ranked win, the first win for James Madison over a ranked opponent since December 29th of 1992. 92, 02, 12, 22. This is more than three decades worth of deficit. Yes, I did just count that on my fingers in real time. Um, here's what's interesting. Post-game, Coach Izzo says, quote, I don't have very good leadership right now, end quote. That's a scary prospect to be looking at if you are this team or if you're a Michigan State fan. I think some of that, obviously, is a little bit of coach speak, him wanting to um, call his players to task, call them out to better levels of leadership. And he should be getting that, though, from Walker and Hogard and these other, you know, these other guys that are returning. Um, Malik Hall, you know, like take over, be be the dudes you need to be. Um, but apparently coach doesn't think he's getting that right now, so we're going to have to wait and see. But here's the thing. Do not count out Sparty. How often have we seen a team just lay an egg on night one and go on to do it? And Michigan State of all teams, right, we know can do things like that. We know how Coach Izzo is in March. We know that that's Izzo time, so we'll be on to look out for that. But for right now, it's Izzo, right? And so that's where we're at. But for the Big Ten, it wasn't just Michigan State. Rutgers loses to Princeton 68-61. Now, you remember what Princeton was doing last year in the tournament. There's there's some hold over there. Makes sense. But this wasn't just some wild, um, fortunate thing in the closing minutes for Princeton. It was kind of similar to those games in March Madness last year where they never trailed in the second half of this game. They led at halftime and never trailed. Um, Rutgers was able to tie it up once, but then Princeton just took it right back out and ended up winning. And talk about Ken Palm. They jumped, um, Princeton does, from 123 up into the top 100 at 98. Here's one thing, though, like from a narrative standpoint, I don't want to penalize Rutgers for taking this game. I think so often we look at it and say, again, Oh, you shouldn't be dropping this game. 
And that's why these games don't often get scheduled. And I know this isn't a high-level marquee game that Johnny Q Sports fan is going to want to tune into, but Princeton is a really good basketball team. They scheduled this game in Trenton. Um, Rutgers was willing to do that. And so I, I love it. And you're going to take some lumps sometimes when you put yourself out there like this. This is why teams don't often schedule potentially scary mid-major schools. Um, so I, I like this. You know, we were bemoaning just on yesterday's show the lack of intriguing games. And so um, we can't then turn around today and me say, so why is why is Rutgers playing this game that they have a legit shot at losing? No, I love it in the same way that we're going to get UNC Asheville in Michigan this week. Like, awesome. That's going to be a great game. So um, Rutgers, first of all, thank you for scheduling this game. But Princeton, way to go. Way to do it. That's a resume builder right out of the gate. Um, now, these were the only two Big Ten Big Ten teams that lost, but Ohio State, too. They were down at halftime to Oakland and only ended up winning by six themselves. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It, is this a, a chink in the armor for Michigan State going back around to the top of this? Is it just a blip? That's going to be an interesting thing to track because if it is a chink in the armor, who is second to Purdue? Is it Illinois? Is it Northwestern and Boo Booey? Is it, could Indiana put the pieces together? Ah, well, we're going to have to watch and find out. Crazy stuff. Well, the Big Ten was not the only Power Six conference, so to lose twice on Monday night, the all-powerful Big 12 joined them in that very endeavor. Who was it that lost? I'll tell you about it in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. Hey, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. The $150 if your team wins. Maybe you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to do it and get in on the action than right now. Their app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that they've got for you. Split, spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. How about some national championship odds for you? You ready for this? There's a three-way tie at the top. Kansas, Duke, and Purdue all have plus 1,100 odds. This is going to sound really funny now based on what happened on Monday night. Michigan State is next at plus 1,500 odds. I think that's going to change. <laughs> and then right behind them is Creighton, Marquette, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Houston. All five of those schools at plus 2,000. So if you want to get in on that action and much more, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so the Big Ten dropped two games on Monday night. ACC, undefeated. Big East, undefeated. Pac-12, undefeated in their swan song year. SEC lost just one game. That was um, Oregon beating Georgia. Georgia was the only SEC team to lose. But the Big Ten lost two games, and so did, believe it or not, the Big 12. Now, the first of those was the big marquee matchup that we were all waiting for later on Monday night, 10, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern tip from Las Vegas came K-State and USC. Uh, it just didn't really turn out to be this awesome electric game that we expected it to be until there was a little bit of a late push from K-State. They got it down to eight with uh, like just two and change to go. Tyler Perry 
like pulled a deep three to bring it within eight, but then USC pushed it back out and that was all she wrote. Now, here's the story of this game to me. We're all waiting to see like um, the, the number one player in the class of 23, you know, who many think will be the best freshman in the nation this year. And that's USC's Isaiah Collier. And this dude lived up to expectation, 18 points, three rebounds, six assists. He did have six turnovers. I have to bring that up. So, uh, you know, one-to-one assisted turnover ratio, you'd love to have it a little higher, but you get it fresh a freshman in a high level game. You're going to have the good and the bad there out of the gate. And then unfortunately as well, um, in addition to the turnovers also fouled out with several minutes to go. And that not surprisingly. So is when K state made that run, went on a seven Oh run. And so clearly Isaiah Collier is an important pit, not just a talented freshman, but a very, very important piece for this team and their success. And not to mention that he and Boogie Ellis formed this dynamic backcourt because it wasn't just Isaiah Collier. In fact, uh, to me, Boogie Ellis's stat line was even more impressive than was Collier's. Here it is. 24 points, eight boards, five assists, three steals, and four turnovers. So again, too many turnovers, uh, 10 combined between these two guys, but they also combined 24 and 18. That's 42 points, um, 11 boards, 11 assists. And so, I mean, that's just great backcourt production um, for Coach Enfield and what they got going on out in L.A. this year. Here's what impressed me most about Mr. Isaiah Collier. Yes, he's a freshman, but he showed um, the uh, a maturity that belied his age in his postgame conversation. I think it was with Allie LaForce after the game. It was like Allie and uh, Grant Hill on the call, and uh, I forget who the – play by play was forgive me um but here here was what he said post game he said things like this it's a long season and i've got to keep learning he just kept reiterating i need to keep learning there's so much for me to learn he said i've got to be smarter when talking about fouling out he said i can't make dumb decisions like that i got to get better and so i i love that disposition i love that attitude from him and i want to see that um, from so many more basketball players. I just feel like we don't get that kind of mindset. And so that tells me just about everything I need to know about Isaiah Collier, that he's going to be what we hope and expect him to be. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind from this game. Obviously, K-State didn't have Na- Naquan Tomlin, who is suspended for getting into a bar fight. <laughs> so we're going to keep have to keep watching that. And then obviously, USC didn't have Bronny. Tomlin would have played a bigger role for you for um, K-State than would have Bronny for USC, but still both missing. Um, on the K-State side of things, I think, uh, you know, for USC, they they blitzed this thing and it looked like it was going to be a blowout. But good for K-State for not folding up shop and going home. They kept pushing, got it down to 10 with uh, 310 to go, 71 to 61. And then, as I said, got it down to eight on that long three from Tyler Perry, 72 to 64. And of course, at that point, Grant Hill, and I just wanted to reach through the screen and just say, dude, what are you doing? He goes, uh, Medea would be happy in a Tyler Perry reference there. So, all right, Grant, whatever. Cool. Um, but great game for Tyler Perry. You know, we're talking about the stars on the USC side. Tyler Perry, um, who's my pick, if I recall correctly, for the Big 12 Player of the Year. 22 points, six boards, six assists, four steals, eight of nine from the free throw line. You love to see it from Tyler Perry. 
Um, Dennis Rodman Jr., you might know, is on USC's team. Didn't have a ton of things that showed up in the box score, but he made some good non-box score winning plays down the stretch from USC. So watch him as a critical factor on this USC team to help um, support what's doing from the rest of the guys. Now, I said that there were two Big 12 teams that lost. It wasn't just K-State. It was also Oklahoma State. And unfortunately for them, it was not losing to another high-level team. They lost, with all due respect, uh, to Abilene Christian, uh, 64-59 to at home on Monday night. And so uh, my question is, a little bedlam hangover after that, you know, final bedlam on Saturday, knocking off Oklahoma. Yeah, what's going on? I don't really think that, but um, there you go. Now, uh, here's a little trivia question for you, everyone. Pause this show if you need to after I ask it to guess it before I give you. Who did Abilene Christian upset in the 2021 NCAA tournament? Clue for you if you want it. If not, pause it. It's another Big 12 school. All right. Answer, Texas Longhorns. Abilene upset the Texas Longhorns in the 21 NCAA tournament. Uh, for Abilene Christian, Ali Abdu Diba, Diba, I didn't catch how to pronounce his last name, uh, what, had 15 points. Hunter Jack Madden had 14. Apparently, in order to be a high scorer uh, at Abilene Christian this year, you got to have go by all three of your names. So uh, there you go. Nathan Isaac Shade coming at you <laughs> right now. Um, for Oklahoma State, Bryce Thompson dropped 19, but the Pokes are going to need more from all around. They, they, you know, just similar to Michigan State, you can't afford to lose a game like this. Why? The Big 12 is so loaded that you got to get every win you can get your claws on in the non-conference because it's going to be an absolute bloodbath in Big 12 play. Now, to be fair, Oklahoma State's missing three players right now. Um, and, and they need to get those guys back in and going. Uh, one other thing, this is outside the Big 12, but I just thought that was, this was a wild thing. Jared Burson, who does uh, just a great job getting college basketball like stats and stuff out there, a lot of times wild. And I uh, just wanted to share it with you a tweet that he put out on Monday night, and it was Seesaw Alert. Wake Forest trailed Elon by 21 points. Wake Forest also came back to beat Elon by 23 points. This is, according to Jared Burson, the only Division I game over the last 15 years in which a team trailed by 20 and still won by 20. Wild stuff. This sport is awesome. I love college basketball so hard. Now, while Monday's opening day schedule might not have been the most compelling thing ever on paper, we did get some good games. But the rest of the week for us, don't you worry. It's got some great games in store, particularly Friday night. Friday night's schedule is loaded. I want to set you up with that, what you can prepare to watch the rest of the week. We're going to get to that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Game Time. College basketball season is here and it's going right now. And you're going to need last minute tickets to all sorts of various events, incredible sporting action. And so you need to get to game time. Who's going to set you up with that? Why? I know that anytime I get into this app, I'm able to find the tickets I need. I'm able to find them at reasonable prices. And beyond that, I'm able to see what my view is going to look like from the seat that I'm picking. I love that because I'm always worried about picking a bad seat somewhere. Game time is the fast and easy way to be able to buy tickets for any event you're looking into, football, basketball, music, comedy, theater, whatever it is, 
they've got it for you. You name it, it's there. And in addition to that feature that I love, that view from your seat, there's a couple other features that are, I think, really cool. They've got a lowest price guarantee, and they've also got an event cancellation protection policy. That gives me peace of mind to go ahead and buy some tickets knowing that I'm going to be taken care of if something happens. I love that. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Terms do apply. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Okay, I want to set you up for the rest of the week with games that I'm watching for. I've just picked out 10 of them. There are obviously more games you could go find, but these are 10 games that I'm very personally excited about, and I think you probably will be too. Friday, I'm just telling you right now, you're going to need multiple screens to be able to take everything in at the same time because multiple of these games are overlapping with one another. But we start with tonight, Tuesday. The the If the crown jewel of Monday night, uh, at least on paper again, was USC State. The crown jewel of Tuesday night for me is Auburn and Baylor, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN in Sioux Falls. Remember, um, right after COVID, all of those games were being played in Sioux Falls, just trying to find opportunities to play. That's just kind of kept going. And so we get Auburn and Baylor up there. Should be really interesting. I talked with um, Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked On Auburn, earlier today. I was worried about Janai Broom's shoulder. He said it sounds like he's going to be good to go. Um, Auburn also has an uber freshman, Aiden, and uh, I, I just think he is going to be a stud, but was worried about um, injury concerns for him as well. Um, Mr. Aiden Holloway, that is, by the way, I forgot to say his last name, um, but I, I, he's just going to be one of the most dynamic freshmen in the country. So make sure you're dialed in to that game because Baylor, I think, is going to have a resurgence from what they did last year. Uh, that defense was so bad, but I think they're going to be back in a better place. Um, keep your eyes on Ray J. Dennis. He's a transfer from Toledo and is going to bring it for Coach Drew's team. Um, and that's going to be good. But they themselves have a very dynamic freshman um, who I think is going to be great for them um, as well. And so, you know, last year, Baylor has that, always has that um, uh, dynamic backcourt, that three headed monster last year. And with Keontae George, with LJ Cryer, um, and who you're all yelling at me because you know who I'm missing out on. Keontae George, LJ Cryer, and Adam Flagler. There we go. It came to me, finally. Um, but um, this year they've got it as well. So in addition to Ray J. Dennis, I'm really excited to see freshman Jacoby Walter, um, who comes from McKinney, Texas, but went to Link Academy with North Carolina's Elliot Cadeau. I think that Walter could have a bigger impact on Baylor than what Keontae George did last year. So make sure to tune into this game. High-level freshman, high-level basketball. You know it's going to be electric and awesome. Uh, we're going to skip over Wednesday. Not a ton there. My next one for you is on Thursday. Remember, 10 games. This is the second one for you. New Mexico at St. Mary's. St. Mary's is the pick in the West Coast Conference this year to win the West Coast Conference over Gonzaga. That's the preseason poll. But New Mexico's looking really good, too. Uh, I think they have a good shot if they have a, a, a strong year, which I project them to do, to be able to get into the NCAA tournament. So that's Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. And what I love about this game is it's on campus at St. Mary's in Moraga. And so that's great. They're in the UCU. So that's my second game that I'm watching. 
The final eight are all on Friday night. I love this time of the college basketball season where we get Friday night basketball. So let me rattle these off. There are three of them that all tip off at seven Eastern. I told you, you need multiple screens for this. The first one is the crown jewel of the first week of the college basketball season. Arizona and Tommy Lloyd are going to Cameron Indoor Stadium, a true campus game to take on Duke. I cannot wait for this one. Arizona at Duke Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. I didn't look to see what's on ESPN that night, but why is this game on ESPN2 and not on regular ESPN? I don't know. Um, But what I think is hilarious about this game is not only are these two of the highest ranked teams in the country this season, but do you remember a certain guard that was one of the top transfer targets in the country that tried to go to Michigan that wound up going to Arizona. You got it? It's Caleb Love, who obviously, as you know, transferred from North Carolina. But now he is going immediately back to Tobacco Road to play at Duke, where he had some really good games for the Tar Heels there. And so really curious to see how Arizona handles going into that environment. You know it's going to be a raucous crowd. Duke is preseason number two. Arizona's preseason number 12. And so really looking forward to that matchup. But also the other two games tipping off, At that same time, Virginia versus Florida, 7 Eastern on ACC Network. That game's going to be played in Charlotte in the Spectrum Center. Should be good. Florida is a really upstart SEC team this year. We'll look to see how they do in year two under Todd Golden. But Virginia always has it going, even though they're, you know, a little, in my opinion, a little bit less talented this year. I do have them uh, preseason fourth in the ACC, so should be a great matchup there. And then the other game on Friday night. Interestingly, all three of these involve at least one. ACC team. Uh, I talked about Wake Forest having that comeback versus Elon. Well, they are at Georgia. Again, another on-campus true road game Friday at 7. This one's on SEC Network in Stegman there right on campus for Georgia. And kudos to Georgia, who played Oregon on Monday and is hosting Wake on, on Friday. So within a span of five days is playing two out of conference power six teams. I love it. Well done, UGA, um, on the come up. Okay, in the uh, next time slot, we got two games I'm looking at. Friday at 8.30 Eastern, both of these tip off. The first is Clemson versus UAB. UAB um, lost um, on Monday night, but um, it should be a really good team again. Um, looking for that. They're taking on Clemson, who I have as a top five team in the ACC. That's in Asheville, North Carolina on Friday night. Tipping off at the same time on Big Ten Network on campus in Evanston, Illinois, is Dayton at Northwestern. Dayton has Dayron Holmes, uh, one of the you know early picks for a, a potential, you know, one of the 15 best players in the country, maybe you know, third team. I've seen him third team All-American on some preseason All-American teams. Obviously taking on Northwestern and Boo Booey. So you got two big time dudes in this matchup, two All-American caliber players, one on each team. And so again, another on-campus game. I love it. And then the final three games are all tipping off at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So again, you're going to need three screens for this one. Tennessee at Wisconsin. Tennessee is one of my final four picks for the years we talked about on yesterday's show. Traveling again to campus to play in the Cole Center at Wisconsin. Uh, I'm a little bit lower on Wisconsin, but our guy Leaf Tulin is higher on them. Chucky Hepburn is a great player. So we'll watch that. They actually played a little bit faster than normal on Monday night in their first game of the season. So we'll see how that goes. 
but I really think Tennessee um, is great. So we'll see how that road atmosphere does. Next, San Diego State, who can't kind of ran away from Cal State Fullerton on Monday night, travels to BYU. Another campus game. This is in the Marriott Center. I love you all for playing these games on campus. This is on ESPN+. And then the final one I want to point out is another on-campus game. You sense in a theme? I love it. Keep doing this. This is Memphis at Mizzou, Friday 9 on SEC Network um, in Mizzou Arena. And so Penny's taking his team up to Columbia. We'll see how that goes. Year two of Dennis Gates should be a lot of fun. Last time we saw um, you know, Memphis in a high-level game, it was losing to FAU in the first round of the tournament. Questionably, I should say. And so... Um, when you look at these t 10 games I've laid out for you, how many of them are actually on campus? One, two, three, four, not that one, five, that one, six, seven. Seven of these 10 games are true campus environments. I love it. Please more of this college basketball coaches. Make it happen. Let's see. Neutral courts are fine, but it's just not the atmosphere. I love it. All right, so that should get you set up for the rest of the week and the schedule and what to watch on Friday. Um, Andy will be picking a lot of these Friday night games, so it should be great. Thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch of the day. Uh, please, if you would, go leave us a review on Apple Music or anywhere else you can leave podcast reviews. If you want to come join our Discord, again, we'd love to have you talking college basketball all the time. Follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to the show on video and audio. Smash the like button to let us know you're here and leave comments on your thoughts on the opening night of college basketball. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Purdue got a big win to kick off the season. Go Wildcats, and until tomorrow, peace.